second episode of our podcast, What They Don't Tell You About Surviving Medical School. We're your hosts. I'm Sam. Again, I'm a third-year med student, soon to be fourth year at the University of Minnesota. I'm Joe. I'm currently grinding away in my first year of residency at St. John's Hospital as a family med resident. Dr. Rainier. I'm Brian. I am a second year, soon to be third year medical student at the Medical College of Wisconsin. Um, so picks of the week, right, Joe? Yeah, so we're going to get into our picks of the week here. For those who didn't listen to the first episode that we did last week, uh, we're getting into these picks of the week here, which is kind of a, a steal from the Curbsiders podcast, which is, of course, the internal medicine podcast. Uh, but I think it's something that's kind of fun to do, um, lightens up the mood a little bit at the beginning of every show. So uh, my pick of the week as we come in here, we're a day before the NHL playoffs mm. start. And um, granted, the Minnesota Wild aren't in, which is, I know, I don't know about Brian, I don't think he's like super into hockey, but for Sam and I, pretty we're pretty diehard Wild fans. And so really sad to see the Wild out of the playoffs this year, but a lot of injuries. Uh, I'm really pull, pulling for the New York Islanders this year, which are my second favorite team. And then, you know, if they're going to go ahead and lose, I'm going to I'm gonna um, say my third favorite team is the San Jose Sharks. And uh, I'll be pulling for both teams. They're in, the, they're in uh, separate conferences. So I'll be cheering them along. Fair, lot. fair. Is there any word on uh, did Bruce get fired? I actually didn't hear, but I think he did a press conference today, which makes me think that he didn't get mm. fired. But anyway, hmm. I would like to use it, our viewership to say that uh, Bruce should stay and our general manager should be fired. Yeah, I second you. Second that one there, Sam. Paul, what's his name? Uh, well, I think Fletcher was. What, is Fletcher the current or the no, previous? Paul's, it's another Paul. It's not Paul Anka. Right. All right. Stay, right. stay on track. <laughs> so we got Joe's anyway. like eight picks of the week there. Now, nice. Sam, what's yours? Good pick of the week. Uh, my pick of the week. It's gonna seem like a pattern, and also it's gonna seem like I all I do with my time is watch Netflix, which isn't like super untrue. But uh, another Netflix recommendation for y'all. Um, the OA. Oh, great show. We're on second, Absolutely second season right terrific show. Oh, yeah. So the first season was really good, right? Isn't that the um, weird trippy show? Kind of hard to follow. It is weird, yeah. Like, I don't know, sci-fi-y. It's probably Couldn't really get the into right it, genre. Yeah. Um, the, the, first ep- uh, sorry, the first season is like hard to follow. Um, but now that you know what to expect in the second season, the second season is like even better. Um, All right. Great show. All right, so check that out. Um, so last but not least, me. I just want to give a shout out to all my fellow medical school classmates who are in the trenches with me. We just took that. Uh, did the you make you guys take um, the NBME that's only administered like through through schools, like to assess yeah. the basic science curriculum? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've been grinding. We all just took that. Man, that was fun. Two hundred some questions. Never sat for that many questions like that in a row but i bet you're pumped up for that <laughs> yeah well we can pick up our results <laughs> tomorrow so 
we'll see see if i got a strong baseline or a weak baseline either way it'll motivate me i guess but Wait, you uh, didn't get your score right away no um we pick up like they're worried about email being compromised so we have to go like literally pick up a piece of paper tomorrow from like the office oh my gosh so it's like that makes a lot of sense because i mean it's not like there's more important things in my practice mbmes going around via email (laughs) who cares if my baseline mbme gets compromised but Uh, that sounds classic uh, all right so moving on to the meat of why we're here today um so i recently wrote a blog piece where i opened up a little bit talking about some of my struggles and eventually triumph with test anxiety which is I'm sure something that all people have struggled with at least to varying degrees as they pursue being a pre-med to a medical student to the myriad of board exams that exist. Um, So it felt like it would be a fitting topic. So I guess I'll I'll just kind of start from the beginning. Um, So when I sat down to write this and I thought about um, my experiences with like tests in like high school and college, you know, in retrospect, I definitely had test anxiety I just didn't recognize it at the time and at that point in time you can kind of mask it because not that once you get to upper level classes things aren't challenging and difficult especially like some of the upper level chemistry courses I took but the knowledge that you're expected to know and the expectations are much more finite than once you get to medical school where it's like here is all of medicine and go learn Um, so you can bust your ass and you can kind of know what's going to be testable and not really be throwing any curveballs. So that was kind of my subconscious defense mechanism, um, I guess. And I mean, it propelled me to do well. I got into school that I wanted. Um, I did well in college and, you know, but that only got me so far because then comes the MCAT, which is a nice new beast in and of itself. And for those who have not taken it yet, may never take it, um, or I guess just aren't super familiar with it. Um, it's different than any test that a pre-med has taken for a variety of reasons. Um, first is just like the vastness of it. Like you will never know all of the basic science information that is on that exam. Like you could study for a year and you still would not know everything cold because there's, there's just too much to know. And then the critical thinking skills are like, your brain is just flexed to the max because it's so like second level, third level, which becomes the norm as you move on in your medical career. But you're not used to that really in college. It's much more first order questions in That's college. That's very true. And regurg- yeah. just regurgitating stuff um, and not critically thinking to the nth degree with a little timer clicking away in the corner. Um, and then because of this, when you're going through it, you feel like shit, to be <laughs> completely honest. I mean, you're the majority of the tests which is i think when we took it it was like what like four and a half hours now it's like eight hours which is absolutely brutal but is that really the case yeah it's it's definitely is it that long now it's four sections for i don't i don't remember the exact format but it's the time when we took it is when it was its shortest because i just got rid of the writing component and i don't know i don't think that's back anymore but it's definitely longer there's four sections instead of three so yeah um so we took it at the right time, but, um, yeah, it's, I mean, like going through it, it's not like there's very many where you just like know it cold. So it's a lot of just, which is what you become used to in medical school, but it's just a lot of educated guessing. And like, as you go through it, like that just wears on you because you're thinking about previous questions. It's really hard to block that out. Um, so 
This little cocktail is a absolute nightmare for someone who has test anxiety, especially someone who doesn't necessarily realize it. Um, so my first attempt at the MCAT was January of my junior year. Um, and my studying methods definitely left a lot to be desired. Um, I wrote a blog piece and have a video about this, but to sum it up, I was just way too focused on content and didn't get enough of the practice questions, which is where the whole critical thinking element comes in. Um, and then the other red flag was that I had a hard time like sitting through and completing practice tests because I would start it and I would just like fixate on the details and I'd want to understand absolutely everything about the passage. I want to know for sure that this is the right answer, just things I was used to on previous tests in, in college because it was actually possible. It's just laughable to kind of have this mindset with the MCAT because it's t totally unrealistic. Right. But so like just feeling that way, going through it, it wears on you. I took way too much time on each passage. So timing was an issue. Um, which I knew, but I couldn't get past that block. And then it just like chipped away at my confidence and my ability to focus moving on. And so my defense mechanism would be to just like quit the exam because then I could, in my mind, start a new one, start over. And it was just a very rational train of thought because then I'd be like, okay, well, this one I'll, I'll be able to pick apart and I'll know this one perfectly. But of course, that's never the case. And so that was my very immature, inappropriate defense mechanism. I mean, there were exams I completed, but I was just kind of a wreck mentally going through them. And so there were a bunch of red flags and I probably shouldn't have sat for it the first time, but I did um, convince myself everything would be fine. And then, so I, I had actually spent that month studying with my now wife, Nora, who both these guys know. Um, and so we took it together on the same day at the end of January and after the first passage, it was just a complete reenactment of all my shitty practice tests um, in terms of um, just the feelings of anxiety coming flooding in. And I, because the stakes were much higher, you know, it's at a parametric testing center, you get waved in and wanded in, security's tight. I mean, there's the, your future medical school careers on the line. Um, so just all of that kind of culminated in this panic attack that happened like after the first or second passage and for those of you who have not had the pleasure of experiencing a panic attack there are lots of fun it's just your sympathetic nervous system just kicked into high gear so your heart's racing you're sweating um you can't think clearly so super helpful if you're trying to like run away from a tiger or something but <laughs> it's not gonna help you crush the mcat and then I just kind of reverted to my default, which was to like void or walk away from the exam. So, and I was, I mean, I'm glad I didn't try and push through that because I would have scored like a two, like it would have been horrible. And then that's stuck on your record. So I just clicked through after only being in there for like 15 minutes and just like voided the first exam. And immediately I like felt relieved immediately, but then it kind of sunk in. I was like, God damn it. Like I spent a whole month studying 10 hours every day for this. And I couldn't even, like, sit through it and, like, take it. And then Nora was still taking the exam. So I sat on a couch outside the Prometric Testing Center and, like, just, like, sulked for, like, four hours. Yeah. I saw her in a Jeez. couple bathroom breaks. But so, yeah, that was, that was attempt one, which the writing was on the wall. Um, but I just kind of ignored that. And then I... Uh, 
I didn't really, um, yeah, I didn't, didn't really kind of, kind of internalize what had happened. Um, I, maybe I just didn't want to admit it to myself that there was an issue, whatever it may be, but I thought pushing through would be the solution. So instead of like kind of getting at the root of the problem, I just, first thing I did was just rescheduled my test. So this was January, I rescheduled it for like April of my junior year. Um, didn't learn in terms of like changing study tactics. So it was another boneheaded move. I just kind of redid the same thing, too heavy on content, not enough on the practice tests um, and practice questions. And I still struggled to get through that mental block of the unease during tests and still had a hard time like sitting through and actually finishing full practice tests just because of my anxiety. Um, and so test day rolled around again. Um, and uh, it was kind of a similar experience um, in terms of I was just kind of a nervous wreck. I was definitely not thinking clearly. My preparation was not ideal, um, but this time I actually did like sit through it and I got through the test and uh, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't think it was going to be fantastic, but at the same time I had my application all teed up and I was just waiting on this. So this was going to be like the last piece of the puzzle to the medical school application. And then I got my test back and or the results back and they were I mean that this is like this the sick thing about the MCAT is there's the average for people who just take it and then the, the, this is again for people who aren't super familiar with it and then there's the average for the people who actually matriculate which is a full standard deviation above that so I was average in the sense that I got the average score that people who sat for it got but it wasn't a score that was average akin to like someone who's going to matriculate so it was it wasn't a strong score it wasn't going to help my application it was actually going to be a big anchor on it so i pulled my entire application out which sucks i mean you put a bunch of work into that it felt like everything else was solid um you make sure it's crafted beautifully when you're typing it into the centralized app and all that jazz and then i get my test score back and got to pull all that out and start over. Um, um, so I, again, was stubborn and thought I would just plow on and did what I had been doing and just rescheduled my test again, round two for later that summer. Didn't really change studying tactics noticeably. Um, still had issues getting through exams. Um, and then this time there was just extra pressure because it was attempt two and I needed to have a boost because I definitely didn't want to take it a third time. Um, what's up? Yeah. Samuel? Did you, after the, the first time and the second time, did you do anything to address? Like, had you admitted to yourself that you had test anxiety and, and if so, did you, did you do anything about it in between? Uh, no, I, I, yeah, that was the big problem. The big hurdle is I, I didn't admit it to myself, which I ultimately did, which we'll touch on, but yeah, I, I didn't, was delusional. I didn't think there was a problem or I didn't want to admit to myself that was, a, there was a problem. I don't know if it was, I was afraid to swallow my pride. I didn't know who to talk to about it. Um, yeah. What's up, Joe? Do you think that, like, I'm thinking of the people close to you in your life, like Nora, do you think that anyone recognized it at the time that you were going through 
maybe, you know, like having test anxiety or really struggling with it. And I, I mean, were there other people that recognized it at the time or was it really easy to keep to yourself? I definitely sheltered it because I was embarrassed about it. I don't know. It felt like a weakness. Right. It felt like I was mentally inept because I just had this like mental blockade. Like it was so simple in reality. Like just sit down and like take the, the damn test. Like it's not that hard, but it was just this huge mental block. And so I just felt embarrassed. And so right. I, I definitely hit it. I mean, like I studied with Nora, but like she would ask about like how a practice test went. I'd just be like, oh, it, it was fine. Like trending in the right, right direction or whatever. I didn't, I wouldn't be like, yeah, I, I didn't finish it. And I, or I restarted it three times to finally get the score I wanted or yeah. So I was definitely sheltering it cause I was kind of afraid of, of what people might think. And they would have been totally supportive cause they ultimately were, but yeah, just the funny tricks that your mind plays on you. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, yeah, so rescheduled it for third attempt, uh, having only sat through one, later that summer and it was same deal still didn't admit it was a problem just kind of augured on didn't remarkably remarkably change my studying tactics and then the extra the pressure was really on this time because i felt like i needed to have a have a big jump to get the score i wanted and so it was just a carbon copy of my my first sitting i was nervous being like wanded in i sat down and i think i'd like already sweat through my shirt but just doing like the doing like the little tutorial at the beginning where it's like this is how you highlight this is how you hit the next button um and then i'm laughing because i can i mean and i think sam and i can just totally relate to that just like you're sitting there and you're just like why am i so much more nervous and all of a sudden i can't even wear this shirt anymore yeah if i could have taken my shirt off and just like taken it shirtless i probably would have (laughs) (laughs) would have cooled me down um but and then yeah so then it started and um same exact thing first passage they're always complicated i just tried to understand absolutely every little element of it which was ridiculous which bogged me down time-wise it didn't allow me to actually like focus on what was important and then just having to do educated guess after educated guess um, questions just ate me up and so my anxiety just continued to peak and then again at like block two or three or passage like two or three within the first block another panic attack comes which is so much fun um so this is my second time being there now and once again I just I I couldn't think I couldn't function I was a mess I just like literally needed to get out of that room out of that chair so I just clicked to the void button hit the void button walked out once again was like relieved in the short term but then I was just like and then I felt really bad because it's like once again I studied for it hard not correctly but hard um and this was attempt two and like i i need to to take this test and do well to get into medical school so i was just this is the point at which i'm starting to think like god like am i gonna get past this like am i gonna get into medical school am i gonna be a doctor like what the mm-hmm. what the hell am i gonna do and so finally after this anguish is kind of when i admitted to myself that there's an issue and i needed to just that needed to be addressed before anything else because like 
Otherwise, I'm just continuing to beat my head against a wall. Um, so the first thing I did is, yeah, I opened up to people around me. My Nora family just told them that I was struggling um, with this and was a little more transparent about the things that had been going on that I kind of hid before. Um, and then I took advantage of my school's, of Gustavus's, um, counseling office, which was another, so I, something I was hesitant to do because, I don't know, there's stigmas surrounding all that, like there's surrounding every kind of mental health thing, which is why we're doing this podcast and talking about that stuff. But so I didn't want to, definitely didn't want to tell anyone that I was going to the counseling office. Didn't want them to know why. Didn't want them to know I was there. I was kind of, it just seemed like I was admitting weakness and ineptness on my part. Like I couldn't fix this myself, so I needed help. I was afraid to ask for help, but very glad that I finally sucked it up and swallowed my pride, did, and just with talking with therapist and doing introspection, like I finally got to like the core problem of like why I was having such bad test anxiety. And this is not the solution for everyone's test anxiety. This is just a personal anecdote, but I'm sure a lot of people can relate to it, especially on the pre-med journey. Um, you know, along the way, your self-worth and your identity is gets really tied to test scores because that's in large part how you're evaluated and how you do well and how you move forward. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you have to get good grades in your classes. You have to take the MCAT and do well on it. I mean, there's other things that are important that come into the picture, but there's abundance of objective things like that. And then in medical school, it's no different. It's just a barrage of tests. I mean, there's no busy work. Like you take a midterm and a final and it's like, that's your grade. So just being used to getting that feedback and having the reinforcement of doing well from outside sources kind of cements that, okay, this is important. And then I internalized it as like, this is my self-worth. This is, if I do bad on tests, like I'm not worthy. Um, I'm just a whole bunch of negative things. Um, so kind of First, recognizing that is, I guess, not so much the easy part, but the easier part, because then you got to go about changing that, like changing your your uh, mental framework. And so, because so then moving forward, whenever I would, when I finally, kind of, the on, the only way to work through it was to like kind of, in a sense, jump back into the fire a little bit. So I'd identified the problem. Now I kind of knew what I needed to address. So. Um, but it, it had been some time. So the second, or the, I guess the, the final time I took the MCAT was about six months or so later. So this was January of my senior year. So I kind of knew what the core issue was that led me to really struggle with the exams because I wanted to do well. I thought it was tied to my self-worth. So that's why I would fixate on it so much and be so afraid of not knowing the answer and then ultimately the defense mechanism is you just don't finish the test because then you don't get that feedback and you don't get that blow to your ego. Um, so right. with that identified um, came, I guess, the hard part is like working through that. Like, so when I would study um, and I, first of all, I revamped the studying, which I talked at length about elsewhere on my website, but really kind of forcing myself to do a bunch of practice questions just for the sake of them being the most effective learning tool, but also to really 
desensitize myself to this and really tackle this anxiety head on. Um, and it sucked initially. It felt horrible. Like I know what I need to do. I'm saying the right things to myself when I'm taking practice tests, just like you don't need to know every element of the passage. You don't need to get everything right. You're going to be, you're going to make educated guesses. You just have to be okay with that. Like just telling myself all the right things and definitely didn't believe it at first. Um, but, uh, you know, over time, it starts to stick and you can kind of retrain your brain. Um, I think that the technical term is CBT, right? Cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was a grind and a gauntlet to really kind of refocus the way I thought um, and then kind of letting go a little bit, you know, ultimately disso dissociating myself from the score at the end and saying it doesn't define me. That's not my worth. Um, that's not the epitome of my application. Um, and so, yeah, it, it was hard. The studying this time around was hard just because you're taking the freaking MCAT, but there's just this like mental training that was going on in the background of all of it, which I'm grateful that I went through that and fixed the issue, but it was especially hard. But I mean, it ultimately was worth it because when I sat for the MCAT for my fourth and final time uh my score i was first of all i'm probably most important i was like super relaxed during it um which had kind of shown how far i had come because i couldn't even like could barely even complete this thing uh, before that um and then i did really well so it showed there too just revising the tactics and just having the appropriate mental approach um so for sure yeah so that was quite a journey but uh, I mean it still is present to some degree in medical school um, which is incredibly anxiety provoking it's just that now I have these defense mechanisms that I can actually yeah what's up Joseph yeah for sure I, I kind of have a statement and a question for you so I think that it's really tough for us because we, I mean, all three of us went to Gustavus the way I think we have a very similar college experience, but you go from kind of memorizing a lot of things and knowing, like you said at the beginning, Bri, exactly what's going to be on that test. And really, there's they, they don't have anything that they can trick you with. Um, pretty much the information they give you is the information you're going to get on that test. And then in the middle of college, you go to this this whole new exam format where <laughs> all of a sudden you have no clue what they're going to ask you and you have to know kind of this this wealth of information but i mean it's like they can ask you about something that you've never even heard about before which happens mm -hmm. and i i think it's so tough to like you like exactly what you talked about deal with the fact that throughout life there are plenty of things you're not going to know and you're just going to have to deal with it and move on. But <laughs> coming from, you know, a college experience and a high school experience where you're tested on the exact things that you're going to be tested on and you know that going in, I think it's really tough. Um, and, and my question for you now is that you've transitioned into med school and having, you know, studied for the MCAT. And so, you know, coming into that first year, what was your experience like with 
tests that you were taking in medical school and did you find, and I know you kind of briefly touched on this, but did you find that your MCAT preparation helped you to prepare for those tests where it's kind of, I mean, like in my opinion, a lot of more of the same for the MCAT where you just feel like you're applying some concepts and answering really broad questions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so for those of you who are, um, yet to take the MCAT or dismayed with the MCAT, um, it's a good challenge because it prepares you for what, like Joe said, what is to come. Um, but it is something that's learnable and my, I'm grateful in retrospect for struggling this much because it really fixed a problem and a core issue that needed to be fixed. Cause I mean, if, if I had somehow weaseled my way through the MCAT and then I got to medical school and this was not resolved, like that would have been a disaster. Um, or, I mean, it just, at some point in my life, it probably would have reared its head when there was enough pressure and the right stimuli kind of exacting that pressure. So yeah, I'm grateful in retrospect that I went through that. It sucked. Um, but it definitely built these mechanisms that I can rely upon now. Um, so the, I know what the, the issue is. I know what drives my own anxiety. So it's easy to identify that. I know what to tell myself now to calm myself down and combat it. Um, and I've been telling myself this for like literally years now. So I actually, for the first time in my life, believe it. I mean, I, it's kind of funny though, how a rational test, anxiety is I mean like you can be I was like slightly nervous for our final for our like psych final um which was definitely one of the uh I don't want to I don't know how to phrase this it was it I don't know just it, content wasn't as broad it's not like we were expected to know quite as many drugs I'd already been studying a little bit for step so it wasn't as challenging personally for some of the other blocks but like I was still anxious for the final and it's like ridiculous it's like i've i haven't failed an exam in medical school like i have this proven track record but i have this these irrational thoughts which is exactly what it is it was driving me freaking crazy it was so stupid um but you, it's hard to control and like so now i can tell myself the right things and like i actually like believe it which helps so the whole fake it till you make it thing um and then and a yeah. huge part of it obviously like for for the MCAT you know well for the consequences for any tests are, are big but for the MCAT you know they're like palpable sort of you know like like you said if I don't do well I'm not getting into med school period and mm -hmm. so there is a lot more pressure on those big standardized exams but even in med school I feel like schools at least the U isn't the most transparent of what happens if you do fail a test mm -hmm. and it turns out it's not actually that big of a deal you know like you, even if you fail you can retake it at least once most classes you can retake it multiple times um and i feel like being not transparent kind of scares med students mm -hmm. um into this like sort of all or nothing thing where like oh if i don't do well that's the end. Mm -hmm. There it goes. That's it for me. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, yep. you're, you're definitely an, an investment um, once you're in. Um, our school is actually transparent about, like, the remediation policies. Like, that's, like, mm. the – which is kind of, like, scary. Like, that's one of the things that on syllabus day they, like, talk about the – if you fail this class, this is what happens. So it's not, like, the most – 
the most, uh, I don't know, conducive way to do it for angst, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, I've definitely failed quizzes, like, I, I've, yeah, I've, I low, I've low passed exams, but still high pass courses. Like it's, right, it's not, right. it's not all or nothing by any means. Right. right. What um, other? Uh, uh, I, I was just gonna add a fun, uh, just a funny comment that I think I'll still have nightmares uh, for the rest of my life because I know I do now, just about taking college and med school tests in general. So it, it's it's definitely a you know a big factor in all of our lives. Yeah. Yeah, no. What other strategies, Brian, did you, so like there's a sort of CBT or like so what we think of as like exposure therapy where you're like kind of mm-hmm. um, desensitizing yourself to these things that have stressed you out in the past. What other strategies did you use in that time where you're really sort of training your brain and working prior to that last MCAT? Uh, so that was a huge part of it. Um, oh, I, uh, actually, no, that wasn't, that wasn't them. Um, in medical school, I, or I, just like, I started, yeah, like uh, anytime you're, you've been not, not in high not in college, but in medical school, I started an SSRI, which did wonders for baseline level of anxiety. Um, <laughs> pretty sure a healthy chunk of my class is medicated. I'm sure you could say the same, but, uh, oh yeah. Um, and again, sure. there's stigma surrounding that, but like, I mean, you, it's, it's a treatment for something like you treat hypertension, you treat, uh, cardiovascular disease, like you treat other things. So it's no different than that. Um, as long as you once you get past right. the, the stigma surrounding it and, and any kind of ineptitude or mental weakness, you may feel just squashing all those things. Um, and then I also do have a beta blocker prescription. So usually I'll take a beta blocker before a test just because so that it basically calms your sympathetic nervous system. So those feelings of that are kind of reminiscent of a panic attack right before a test yeah. um, don't really happen. And it doesn't really, at least for me, it doesn't fog my, my thinking. Um, so just low dose beta blocker before a test and I'm just nice and relaxed. Definitely going to have some of those in my locker for the step one. So <laughs> yeah. that's illegal. I'm assuming that's legal. Yeah, I, remember, I don't know. Joe, I don't know if you had a similar experience, but I remember uh, getting, getting to the hotel. So coming from Eusebius, I, we, I think both Joe and I stayed in the hotel the night before the MCAT. Um, and I got to the hotel and I was like, finally got up to my room and was alone, just like looking over stuff last minute. <laughs> and I, I just like broke down and I was just like freaking out in my hotel room alone. Um, and I called my dad just like inconsolable. Like I was just so terrified of this exam. Cause like you're, like you said, right, this is like the rest of your life. Yeah. Or, or seemingly, mm-hmm. um, and and similarly with step, I think it was even more pronounced just because like I feel like step is so built up, um, especially if you're going into you know more competitive specialties, mm-hmm. um, that people start worrying about it in the fall, right? Of, of second oh, year, oh, even yeah. not first year, spring. Yeah, exactly. like people talk about it in the 
in the first semester of medical school and you're like, I don't even know what the what the freaking patella is. Yeah, I remember, yeah, like the start of second year, people are already talking about it and I can just like, I'm looking down at my watch that has my heart rate on it and I'm watching my heart rate go up and I'm like, this is like eight months away. Why am I so stressed about this? It's unreal. Yeah, no, the the craze is real right now, especially because I'm like two months out and so, but I feel like I'm in a good place mentally thanks to all this crap that I went through, but it is, yeah, it is no, real. That's, that's definitely worth a follow-up episode the step. I don't know yeah. what, what to necessarily talk about, but there's obviously a lot to unpack there. Definitely, yeah. I I actually, I think Joe and I have talked about this too, that, you know, it, though it is built up, uh, one, the study period, the dedicated period, Joe and I actually kind of enjoyed because, like, we mm-hmm. weren't going to work every day. All our only task was to study, like mm-hmm. study for eight or eight hours or so, and mm-hmm. like be done right. at five or six p.m. and like every night make sure you're being done at that time. And then you know it's kind of just like that's your job, yep. which is not a bad gig. You know, you're just sitting at home and studying, and chilling out. It's a lot of questions um, too, which is then, nice. Right. It's different than yeah. Those are like fun. more fun. I mean, you get rocked initially, right. but then once you start to do better. It's more right. fun than just like reading slides or whatever. Yeah, like you world. I mean, it's basically like you're in the emergency department or whatever, and you're just doing a bunch of detective work. <laughs> Which you'd visualize it that hard. You'd be, you would see yourself in the clinic room or in the ED with the no, patient. No, I didn't. But uh, one of the administrators uh, at the U told us to. His advice was to think about yourself with each block, because like it, I think if step is the same, it's like what eight blocks of forty questions mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and he's like, with each block, just imagine yourself being in a different part of the country in the emergency department. You're the only like, one. Oh, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, in the ED. And like, just try to like visualize it and have fun with it. And, and I was like, and then oh, now I'm something. about to look under a slide at a slide, and then I have to pick the uh, whatever the picture that resembles. <laughs> <laughs> I should try. I'm gonna try that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Like that. Oh. But ultimately, yeah, we should we should unpack it a little more in a different episode. Right. But ultimately, step one is not the be all end all, nor is the MCAT. You will live um, if you not if you do not do well on either of them, and mm-hmm. you can always retake them. Correct. Oh, and then, in just in closing for my story, so I've touched on yeah everything I want to touch on. So, just to other people who have can. Who can uh, identify with any element of this? Do not be as stubborn and late to the game as I was to reach out and get help. Because as you can see, this is a very fixable issue. And had I done the necessary steps to fix the core problem literally like a year prior, I would have saved myself all this heartache. And I mean, it was it was it sucked like I was really down on myself for a while because I just had this huge mental hurdle that I it's was was passable like just I just need to ask for some help and do the appropriate things so reach out to anyone 
reach out to one of us. We don't care. We'll help you through it. Yeah, definitely. For sure. For sure. Yeah, that's thanks all, for sharing, Brad. That's all I got. Yeah, thanks, Brad. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so um, we wanted to thank you all uh, for, for giving us a listen on the first episode. Hopefully you join us for the second one here. Or obviously you have. <laughs> if you've made it this far. <laughs> Fast forward to the end. Yeah. <laughs> But no, we got a lot of good feedback. We even got some uh, good ideas for some further episodes. I think this weekend we're interviewing Leif Beatty, a med student at Creighton. Um, And then soon after that, I think we're going to do a question and answer session with a uh, person that's starting med school in the fall. Leif, uh, Leif is actually Leif's a, a pharmacy student. Yeah, student. he's a pharmacist. Uh, slightly different. <laughs> Close. <laughs> I was but like, I, I was story yeah. about, about his own mental health journey. Wait, who's the who's the incoming med student that we got coming on? He's a Collegeville guy, Matthew Bergstaller. Uh, all right. Good yeah. Is he going to the U, Joe? Um, un- he's undecided at this point in time. Gotcha. But yeah, I think we're prior to we're gonna when we post the third episode, we'll ask anyone, even non-medical, if they have sort of questions for folks about med school, um, and we'll just kind of do a question answer bit. But yeah, and I think lastly, we just kind of wanted to acknowledge that um, this is you know our opinions and our stories are really just that they're. They're just ours, um, and we wanted to acknowledge that um, they aren't the only ones out there. Uh, you know, we are all, it, to boil it down, we are all heterosexual white males um, with, and that's, you know, sort of uh, curved our opinions or sort of shaped our opinions, um, and these are only part of the, part of what's out there. So we just wanted to acknowledge that. For sure. tell us, we do uh, not think that, that our opinions or our experiences are the be all end all or that everyone has experienced the same thing or should. But, and, I, and, I, and I'll say too, you know, we've just touched on like anxiety over the last two weeks, but I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to say that like depression or psychosis or ADHD totally. or anything is not out of the realm of things that we want to talk about here on the show. Or that any of those is lesser than, than exactly. Anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's a good point. All right. I think it's about yeah, the right. time where we sign off, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, Brian. <laughs> uh, if you listened last week, I don't have. I tasked Joe and Sam with coming up with parting catchphrases. <laughs> I like to close my blog pieces and videos with uh, telling everyone to keep grinding because it is a real grind. But uh, we'll see if Sam and Joe are going to pass this week or. Until I'm further gonna, notice, that can just be the podcast official <laughs> sign-off. Maybe right. John and I will eventually think of it. Expect Maybe something next June, week. I'll just say, keep on skating for uh, NHL playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that works. that works. All right, well, thanks for listening, y'all. We're going to sign off. Catch you next week. Bye.